0: And welcome to Hide and Behind the Music Stand. I'm your host, Patty Ryan, and with me is Guilherme Andreas, but colloquially goes by Andreas, who is a flutist based in New York City, primarily concertizing and touring nationally and internationally, as well as teaching privately. He just released an album called Beyond Bossa Nova, which is available for purchase on any streaming platform. We'll be talking about that in a second, but mm-hmm. we will also be talking about weightlifting. Welcome, Andreas. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. It's such a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. So we met because you kind of reached out to me and said, hey, like, would you consider me to be on your show? Yes. I was like, absolutely. You're introducing me to this album. Can you tell me a little bit more about it?
1: Absolutely. The whole idea for this album started when I was invited to be a lecturer at Duke University Mm -hmm. in 2015. They have a conference about Brazil that happens like every two years. And in 2015, they wanted a classical musician from Brazil that was based in the u.s Mm -hmm. and then someone found me so i went there i performed the recital and after that it was like well you know i actually should do something else about this Mm -hmm. you know i should record an album about you know with the music that i performed because i had to do a little research of the music but then i started like performing all over the u.s the same repertoire and one of the recitals that i played it was in lancaster there was a journalist there and she came to talk to me after the recital and she was like well i saw that you're going to perform foreign brazilian music and i came here expecting to hear bossa nova but i didn't uh-huh. it was beyond bossa nova gotcha. and it was like oh yes it was it was just classical music and that's how the name for the album actually came out it's only classical music from brazil by a lot of composers that people don't know much about it mm-hmm. and my idea was like to be very very inclusive so besides of course like brazil is a country in south america but there is white composers there is black composers there is Native indigenous composers, mm-hmm. there is queer composers, there's women, there's you know, everything. You know, I just wanted to be very inclusive and, and very representing like representing
0: Brazil, right? Yes, yeah.
1: absolutely. Yeah. You know, besides Villa Lobos, people basically just know Villa Lobos, right? If we right. talk about like you know, classical music, which I actually recorded, like you know, uh, Bacchianus Five, sure, but. There's so much more, you know, and it was like people were just like so welcoming like to the music every time it was like, oh, my God, where's this music from? Mm. Because it doesn't sound Brazilian, but only because people have this reference that like Brazilian music is just Bossa Nova, uh-huh. you know. So
0: that was one of my questions. Is it really a stereotype that people think that only Brazilian music is Bossa Nova?
1: It is. Okay, you know, yeah. Which is great at some point, but at the same time, too, it's like, well, there is more, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just Girl from Ipanema. You know? <laughs> right, 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 right. So that's how the whole idea for the album came up.
0: Yeah, and you have a collaborator, right?
1: I do. Her name is G N Gizu. We've met at James Madison University. We kind of switched schools at some point because, like, she went to Peabody for her bachelor's and master's. Uh-huh. I went to JMU for my master's. Uh-huh. But then I went to Peabody for another degree, and then she went to JMU for her doctorate. Oh, funny. And right. that's how we met. When I performed at Duke University, I brought her with me. Mm-hmm and then we just started collaborating so we performed you know many places in the US and actually we recorded the whole thing at JMU as well mm-hmm. which was awesome you yeah. know just felt like so great like get back you know, at home a bit exactly
0: that's wonderful so can you tell us since it just released Ish right yes, yes okay so yes. tell us how we can get a hold of your album
1: first of all just go on my website it's just my name, dot com so it's G-U-I-L-H-E-R-M as Mary E and then Andreas A-N-D Z-R-E-A-S dot com. So it's available, like, everywhere, like, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, what else? Like, so many platforms now, I forget. Yeah. And physical copies, like, we had a little delay, but it's going to be available next month, uh, right now in October, probably October 3rd. Okay awesome mm-hmm.
0: congratulations on such an accomplishment
1: thank you it's so hard yeah. i never thought it would be so hard to like you know to do put yeah. music together and like record and like you know mm-hmm. the process is so stressful mm-hmm. and but at the same time like as musicians we kind of have to make it sound that it's easy so it's such a hard process but i was happy and i'm not very happy usually with my playing but for that album yes i was yes. very happy good yes, good yes, yes well yes, that's
0: yes. that's Really wonderful. Is there any other questions I should ask about your album that I forgot to?
1: If you think, like for instance, asking about any of the composers, because for instance, there was a story of, of one of the pieces is that it's called Nostalgia, and the name of it is because like the guy who actually wrote the music, he was accused of being a communist spy in uh-huh. Brazil, uh-huh. so he had to be exiled in Russia, uh-huh. and he wrote Nostalgia because he was missing Brazil. So he was accused by you know the military dictatorship in Brazil and. He passed away before the dictatorship ended. So he passed away in 1985 Uh and the dictatorship ended in 1986. Right. So he never went back to Brazil. I don't know. That's like a story that like I usually say like in recitals, and people cry, you know, because sure, you know, yeah. everyone's like longing for something. Mm-hmm. And when they hear the music, when they listen to the music, it's like, oh my god, you it know. People always like, oh my god. The last piece is was written by Clarice Sad. Oh, Maybe I know. You her. heard, yeah, right? I
0: played her. I played with her. Yeah, here we
1: go. She actually She's wrote wonderful. the music. Yeah. She's absolutely amazing. So she, yeah. she wrote that for yo It's called the last song, and she wrote that. for you, Yoma. And then I called, I actually emailed her, and I was like, hey, can, you know, how can I purchase the music? Like, I can literally just transpose whatever for flute. Mm -hmm. She called me. She was like, hey, this is Clarice. I was like, whoa, my God! Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, she's super friendly. Yeah, she's wonderful. She is, she
1: is. Or, Patapio Silva, also like, he was a black flutist, but he was extremely successful in 18-something. There is no record of a black flutist being successful in 1890-something. there's this confusion sometimes too like people don't know that like in Brazil like there's people from everywhere as well and the biggest population, the biggest black population that was brought from Africa is not in the US. It's Mm -hmm. in Brazil. And also there's a lot of things like the biggest Japanese community, the biggest Lebanese community. There's a lot of Germans. There's a lot of Jewish. So Brazil is very diverse, right? Yes. yeah. But his story is like very interesting because, you know, like it was the end of slavery in Brazil too. He was like a virtuoso. And he started writing for flute, but not in a way that was like explored before in Brazil or in other countries. So like he got access to the flute, the model of flute that we have nowadays. So like his music is very virtuosic. Mm-hmm. And then he got like very, very successful. So we have many people now we have very Coleman we have Damar mm-hmm. McGill we have you know Brandon Patrick we have so Lizzo. many like <laughs> ex- <kidding>. Lizzo <laughs> absolutely no yeah absolutely Lizzo you know but there is not really like record of a black flutists it doesn't matter if like it's a black person from Brazil or from the right. US or right. a Just black flutist ethnic, you know yeah, right. in 19 something like very beginning of like the century being successful he was extremely successful in Brazil he was like traveling and he was actually about to travel to Europe but then he got a disease and then he died he was 35 wow he was very young, so, like, his music's, like, in my opinion, amazing. Like, explores the flute in, like, its full potential in terms of sound, in terms of, like, technique, you know. Mm-hmm. If people listen to his piece, that the one that I recorded, actually, you're gonna see, like, it's called Oriental, which means, like, from the East, right. you know, in Portuguese. But, like, it's full of, like, scales, and, like, there's a huge cadenza. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like people think of Brazilian music right. at all, right. you know? <laughs> it's, like, very, like... You know, lots of notes. At least to me, it's absolutely amazing that he was, like, so successful, like, right at the end of slavery in Mm -hmm. Brazil. Just making himself available, like, for concerts and, like, you know, already writing music, having his music being published. I think, like, his story is, like, fascinating. And I just would like to, you know, share more about his music and, you know, his, story his as legacy, well.
0: His legacy, really, right? Yeah,
1: pretty much. Especially nowadays that we're, like, waking up to, you know, black composers, mm-hmm. like, women composers, or, like, gay composers, mm-hmm. or even foreign composers, you know, that people that actually have, like, foreign stories. Like, I'm a foreign person in the U.S., right? So, right. I'm, I'm an immigrant. And, like, for instance, one of the other pieces that I w- recorded was the sonata by Leopoldo migues And his name sounds Spanish. But because, although he was born in Brazil, his father... Was from Spain. So there was this whole thing. And then he became kind of very popular in Brazil too. He was sponsored by the emperor at the time. Because Brazil became a republic not long ago. And then he was sponsored to go to Europe. To study there. And he actually got in touch with people that were like, you know, Debussy. And like, he studied with Debussy's professor. And he met Fouhei. He met, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these big names that we have nowadays. And then he wrote this sonata in 1896. It's very interesting because that's exactly the time when Cesar Frank wrote his sonata. That's when Brahms wrote his sonata number three for violin mm-hmm. that's when son son wrote his sonata for violin as well i think number two all these big names and he also wrote a sonata for violin that's like 30 minutes of music yeah. it's romantic music you know uh-huh. and it was actually published in germany uh-huh. you know so there was this whole story about like being a foreign musician yeah. he was in france for a long time and then he went back to brazil and all and but you know i think like those kind of things like i just wanted to share Air. like there's so many stories and yeah. you know i just feel like if their music is performed their legacy is still with us and alive and you know mm-hmm. can be celebrated if not it's just going to be music on the paper right right like, it's, it's gonna be just it's, it's unheard,
0: basically yeah
1: i yeah exactly you know that was like primarily my intention my purpose is to share this music that actually no one has access to this music and it's beautiful music and, and i just wanted yeah. to so uh, just like
0: deserve to to be heard, it deserves a platform. Exactly,
1: somewhere. you know. Of mm-hmm. course, like I'm Brazilian, but it's not that's not the point. I'm not trying to be nationalist, I'm right. not trying to be like you know, patriot and be like, oh no, I'm from Brazil, yeah. listen to this music. Yeah. No, that's not the point. You know, mm-hmm. I know this composer is like from Brazil, but it doesn't sound this way. Or that way mm. it's music mm-hmm. it's only music you know correct, it's supposed right. to just touch people and inspire them you know it's so many stories and that was the whole purpose of it
0: yeah well again <laughs> congratulations I hope that you're gonna get a lot more people listening to your album soon
1: thank you yeah that's my hope too <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> can you tell me what your most insane performance or audition story is
1: sure you know in Brazil there is a show called prelude you will be In Portuguese it would be prelúdio, right? So Mm -hmm. prelude. And it's a reality show for classical musicians oh and it's (laughs) uh, yeah
0: (laughs) it's almost like an an american American idol
1: (laughs) i know i i always thought about this but it's almost like an american idol for classical music so they run this thing and it's all instruments it's not just for flute conducting as well sometimes and it's a whole competition they have like four or five rounds and the finals are like each winner from each round Mm -hmm. and I was the winner in 2000. That was right before I moved to the U.S., so mm-hmm. that was in 2014. It was crazy. Cause like, you know, you prepare, you like come to, you know, you like, I was playing the Reinick flute concerto and it was like, it's ready to play. But then you get there and it's like, you know, makeup. And then, you know,
0: Yeah, it's a whole other <laughs> side.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like cameras and lights. And, and then there was like a panel of judges and they're like, all like Simon, what's his name? Simon Cowell. Like, yeah. you know, Oh no, this doesn't, you know, it didn't, didn't really go well. Like, you know, oh, it was yeah. like so. Yeah. I, I Actually, my participation is on YouTube as well, so. Mm-hmm. For my round, I was competing with a guitarist, a pianist, and a soprano. So, the the, the director of the show is this big maestro in Brazil. His name is Julio Medalha. Most woodwind players know him as well, because he is a composer as well. And he wrote, like, a uh, wind quintet. And when I... I just remember, like, I was so happy when I finished playing. He started saying, like, he would talk to the piano and all that stuff. And he would be like, hey, what would you think of the Paul from Brasilia? It was like, Paul What? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Ball. Jean-Pierre Rompal is, like, you know, one of the best is like, uh-huh. ever. And, of High course, I'm not saying that I... Am. Yeah, but it was, like, such a nice compliment, you know? Yeah. And he would be like, yeah, this person, like, what do you think of the Rumpa from Brasilia? What do you think? And they were uh-huh. be like, oh, no, this and that, blah, blah. But it was nice. I wasn't thinking, like, I was gonna win, because, like, everyone was so good. But it was so nice to win, like, you know, it yeah. was one of, like, the most, like, yeah, fun things that happened to me. Like, it was crazy, like, the just the process. Like, when you go for a competition, it's, like, yeah. so nerve-wracking and Mm -hmm. then you're just like competing and just playing but like the extra stuff like especially like the makeup and like it just makes you feel like oh my god what's gonna happen you know (laughs) (laughs) it's not just about the play and like you know you have to look good and like you know yeah that was a fun thing it's on youtube like you know people want to look it up it's on youtube yeah
0: awesome no i i will certainly do that (laughs) i'm curious that's That's kind of insane. You you hit the nail on the head with that. Like, yeah, something that you would never expect to accomplish in your life. Right. Kind of thing.
1: No, it's just because like, it's a reality show. It's like, I don't know, Project Runway, you know, like doing the thing there, you know, with Mm -hmm. people there and like people are like filming, you know, everything that you do. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, like, you know, what's Uh happening now? (laughs) It's like Big Brother.
0: Yeah. So my question kind of is A, like, what was the prize that you won? And B, are you like super famous? in brazil because of it are you like the well, kelly clarkson of
1: <laughs> <laughs> no i i'm popular i'm not like super famous in yeah. brazil but i i'm like are I'm... you
0: you're recognized on the streets or something like that kind of thing yes yes wow, yes okay. yes yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. oh but you asked about what i want right oh yeah uh, what, is your, so, what was your
0: prize yeah <laughs> yeah
1: so the big prize was uh full scholarship to study at the list conservatory but i already had one another national competition in brazil at the time to come to the u.s so i chose to come to to the US. u.s gotcha The one that brought me to the U.S., I won in 2013. But the reality show was in 2014, Uh right before I came to the U.S. Because, like, the process was still going, I chose to move here anyways. Because at the time, I was a Marine musician. So, in Brazil, I was a Marine for five years. So, like, because, like, the scholarship to do my master's here was already, you know, guaranteed. So, it was like, I'm just going to go to the U.S. and then the other stuff, like, you know. If it happens, happens. If not, I'm Mm. already, like, going on. With my life, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. uh So, but the prize was that it wasn't I like see. you know money prize or something. Yeah, I yeah, wish yeah. it was or a record deal but or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. Right?
0: Again, thanks for sharing that story. Can I ask you? Oh, about, absolutely. Yeah. Can I ask you some Spitfire questions?
1: Sure, sure. Are you yeah, ready? Go okay. ahead. Yeah.
0: Robert Schumann or Johannes Brahms? Brahms. Tchaikovsky or Stravinsky?
1: Ooh, Tchaikovsky.
0: Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Apples or oranges? Apples favorite zoo animal to see
1: oh my god the lion
0: oh okay why
1: they're like so powerful but at the same time like so chill yeah. whenever you go see a lion they're not like you know yeah. making any noise really but you see them like it's so like you know their presence like they when they come is like so like you know majestic yeah. you know but yeah. at the same time they're like you know just... i know who i am you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i guess right you. comfortable in their own skin yeah yes yeah. yes
0: Fan favorite question, favorite concerto for any instrument in any genre?
1: I absolutely love two concertos for flute. I'm being like biased right now, but the Reinick flute concerto for me, it's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Like I've won a competition in the U.S. playing it and I played it with orchestra. It was one of the best experiences of my life. You know, the other one is the Nielsen flute concerto as well. Yeah. It's so crazy, but it's so beautiful. Yeah. Only one, right? I already said two. That's okay, I okay. will take two. We'll take two. I'm not I'm not big. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs>
0: last show you would recommend to a friend?
1: I live very close to Broadway. Oh, so I go see Broadway shows, like, very often, oh, as fun. you know. Yeah. So the last one that I saw that I would recommend, like, absolutely recommend, was Hades Town. And actually won a tawny, I think, last year. Okay. And I was not expecting the musical to be that good. Oh, okay. It was great. The music is amazing. It made me cry a lot, which is not hard to do anyways, because <laughs> I cr- <laughs> sure but you know it was beautiful like the singing the songs you know I love when you go to see a show or a musical and you you know leave the show and you're still singing the music you know from the show so that's a show that you know to me I'm like watching the show and like in my mind I'm like analyzing the harmony I'm like analyzing the chord progression and Mm -hmm. like you know the orchestration Mm -hmm. and like you know
0: (laughs) I do the same thing honestly right
1: you know so like I don't have perfect pitch but because Practicing the flute so much, so like I don't know why, but I only can't recognize like you know very high pitches. So, like, you know, low pitch, I'm like very bad, but like <laughs> high pitch, I can recognize so like you know, they're sinking in my mind. I'm like, oh, that's a D. Oh, oh yeah, my God, okay, right, you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's kind of common, yeah, I think, right, or, right, yeah, having because you're so used to you're at that particular range that you yeah. have like some perfect pitch based on how exactly, it feels or what. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, that's a show that I would absolutely like recognize. Right? recommend if people can come to new york and like see that show yes cool. you will not regret it nice. yeah
0: favorite disney hero or heroine and villain
1: hero will be mulan mulan has always been my favorite yeah always She's awesome. always like yeah. yeah she's absolutely awesome uh-huh. and the music for the movie too you uh-huh. know it's so great yeah. i love so much villain scar
0: Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: From the Lion King. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like people say like, you know, you grow up, you think you're going to be like Mufasa, but like you see yourself like being Scar yeah. like <laughs> in many moments of your life. Yeah. Not the jealousy part. No. But like the other parts like that yeah. he's always like, you know, kind of pissed off <laughs> or like the how people are, like shady. doing dumb yeah. things. And, yeah, yeah, and just being shady, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
1: funny. All right.
0: Worst travel story?
1: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> okay i'm ready i'm ready
1: <laughs> when i was in the marines in brazil i was principal flute of their symphony because like in brazil we kind of have a symphony like the president's own in dc it's a band but it has sh- strings i used to travel a lot with them which oh. was awesome but there was this day that we <laughs> were traveling by bus and we stopped at this place and we all ate the food was awesome but then <laughs> <laughs> we all got food poisoned. Oh, no. The, <laughs> oh, that's bad. And the next stop was in 10 hours. Oh,
0: no. That's really
1: bad. <laughs> that's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh no what happened so you can't imagine how bad he was like <laughs> the bathroom everyone having like huge interior like it was yeah. really really bad and I even remember like after like the first stop which was like 10 hours away I was still not feeling well at all and then we had to stop like mid of the night and I had to go to the bathroom yeah. and I just remember like I was like in the bathroom and then someone came and they're like hey because in the military they used to call me Manto because that's my very last name. Okay. I have four names. That's another story, but I have four names. Yeah. And they used to call me Nana. So, they would be like, Nana, we have to go. We have <laughs> to go. And i am be like, what can I do? Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally have to get this thing out of me. Yeah, you know, like, you gotta wait. <laughs> uh, yeah. wait you're like, you're making his label. Because, you know, it's the military. Yeah. So, like, we have, like, a set-up, like, schedule uh-huh. and all. But it was like, well, I'm, what am I gonna do? Like, you know, I'm gonna poop myself. Yeah, like, you know, this, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the worst like one of my worst like travel experiences yeah it was absolutely terrible that sounds horrible (laughs)
0: i'm I'm glad we can laugh about it now though i know
1: because it was like horrifying yeah and you know like stopping like middle of nowhere it's the same you know you go in the bathroom like you don't know like who has been there like so disgusting oh my god oh my god
0: (laughs) so i'm gonna ask this next question but I also noticed when I was going through your bio to get mm-hmm. a little more acquainted with you that mm-hmm. you actually know David Chu.
1: I do you know him? I know yeah,
0: and that's I tra- was oh, like, oh my god, my that god. makes sense though. Cause I he does travel to Brazil a lot, right?
1: Yes, yeah. He actually lives in Rio though. Oh, okay. He, yeah. Yes, he lives in Rio, because I think like his wife is Brazilian. Yeah, that's uh, true. He got a title, of, like Sir David Chu, like a few years ago. Mm. Like by you know, when the queen was alive alive, yeah, he's now like Sir David Shue. Oh, that's crazy. yes, yeah. Ask you a question because I, I can't, I can talk about him. Oh,
0: well, yeah. I don't know if this is the person you're going to select. I was just bringing him up because the question is favorite professor shout out.
1: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about David Shu, it, it's the cellist, right? Yes. So, yeah. he's amazing. Yeah. He's absolutely amazing. Yeah. So, uh, when I was in Brazil, one of my degrees is in chamber music. And he was my uh, mentor. So, like, the whole program was, like, just chamber music, like, a little research, but a lot of performing. Yeah. He was so musical. Yeah. His
0: kind spirit too.
1: He is. He's so nice but uh professor shout out I had many, like, great professors, but I'm gonna say, though, someone that really changed my life was Odette Ernest Diaz. She is French, but she has been in Brazil since 1952. Mm -hmm. She's a legend. She's still alive. She's, like, 94, maybe, right now. But she's French from Paris. Mm -hmm. She went to the Paris Conservatory. Mm -hmm. She won the Geneva competition in Mm 1950-something. And then she moved to Brazil when there were a lot of people moving to Brazil because of, like, you know, it was a place to be in terms of, like, orchestras and all blah, blah, blah. And she never left. But, like, she, I don't know, just, like, her personality. She's, like you know, those people that, like, they're just themselves, but, like, their energy is so good. Like, they have so much to teach and they have so much to talk about. Just the way they do things, you just learn from them, like, you know, I don't know, just feel inspired. Yeah, yeah. She was someone like that she was always like inspiring me she was like pushing me to do things but yeah to me was just like just good to be around her you know and when I started getting lessons from her she was already 80 something I think and she was still playing the flute like a lot of things from memory and then I remember uh, my first experience with her (laughs) I went to play for her and she was like oh good good like a very thick French accent in Portuguese And then she goes, What do you play from memory? I was like, I don't play anything from memory. She was like, No. <laughs> every flutist has to play something from memory. Yeah. And it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, for now my next last with you, like, you have to play something from memory. C hunks. Do you know Sea Hunks? It's the DBC solo okay. piece for flute, right? Yeah. And she was like, I was like, no. She's like, yeah that's the first one you're gonna memorize you know so and after like she was like you know warming up to me like she changed like my whole perception about like how to make music she was just like very generous as well Mm -hmm. which is very unusual sometimes right in in classical music yeah yeah she changed my you know perception and like perspective and yeah she was great
0: most transformative performance experience
1: when i got to perform the reine concerto Mm -hmm. with a symphony. It was very important to me because it was like less than a year after I moved to the US and I won this concerto competition at James Manson and to me, it was important not just because like, I was going to perform at the honors concert with the symphony, blah 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 it was so important because when I moved to the US I had so many problems like with bullying and oh. racism and xenophobia. Oh. There was so much and oh no well, you know, it's, it's life, but it was so, so much, you know, like especially my very first six months, it was so many problems that like I could never anticipate. I didn't have the tools to deal with so much because, you know, like, I mean, I'm kind of digressing a little bit, but essentially what those things are like racism, xenophobia, bullying, they're just a form of rejection. So I never really had the tools to experience so much rejection all at once when i won the competition to me it just made me feel alive again because like i was already like so not depressed but like i was so confused with like why i was going through so much because one thing is like when we create our own problems right and then you just face the consequences but like the other thing is when you come to a place or to a situation and the problem is like literally telling you like you don't belong here Because of the way you talk. Because of the way you look like. Because of where you came from. And those messages like being spoken to me on a daily basis. That was a lot. Because like I was so excited when I moved to the US to do my masters here. And it was like. But there was so much happening when I moved here. But I still I was sure about myself. About my playing. About my identity. It was very hard. So anyways. Winning this competition was great. And then I tried to challenge myself. So I performed the whole concerto from memory Uh which was so great
0: your teacher would have been proud
1: (laughs) yes you know the fun thing too was like the concert hall was like so packed and people would not stop clapping Mm. like after I finished playing you know Mm -hmm. so I I remember like I came back on stage like three times maybe Uh you know Uh And people were like clapping after every movement. It was so great just to feel the energy, you know, because people were like so involved by the music that we were... Producing it at that moment, like they wouldn't stop, yeah. and that just to me was like you was just like great, just to feel like some positive it, energy. It, it,
0: those kinds of moments on stage, with whatever background you came into, walking on that stage right before, when you get that kind of reception back at you in in such a forceful manner, it yeah. almost dissipates any of that other baggage that you were. Absolutely, talk, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah it's like, because that's the reward that music brings to us as performers is
1: exactly because it's like it just feels like your purpose is fulfilled yeah you know you're there and it's the moment you're creating the moment it's right there like it's it's happening right there, and people are like reacting to it, like right, right you know, right at that moment, right there, you it, know. So and like, that you belong,
0: and that people are supporting you.
1: Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So the message was like so yeah. strong and so opposite. So it was great. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, a, I'm sorry that people treated you so horribly when you first came thank here. You, that's thank not. Yeah. That's not what I like to imagine my America being. You know.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not. You know. It's not everyone. No. Like you know. But it was harsh. Yeah. Because you know, it was, yeah. Because yeah. you, I was just coming just to play my flute. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you'll see me in a second. You know, like, yeah. Like, you what know magic I can do. Yeah. No. Yeah.
0: All right. Alternate universe musical instrument? Cello. Oh, absolutely. Oh,
1: there you go. <laughs> I always wanted to play the cello. Yeah. Always. The thing was just that, like, you know, my family never could really afford any instrument. Mm-hmm. So, like, I only played... I mean, not only, but basically, I started playing the flute because, like, my family used to go to the church, and the church had, like, this band, like, Wind Symphony, and, like, every year, they would, like, accept, like, some teenagers. Because I started playing the flute very late as well. Mm. So, they were, like, accept, like, some teenagers, and if you, like, pass, like, the music theory classes, you would get an instrument. And at the time, the church did not have a flutist, but they wanted to have someone. Mm. So they bought a flute and the maestro at the time, he was like, you are going to play the flute. It was like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, but then like when I went to college and you know, all, like I would see like, you know, chalice perform or like, you know, practice. I always thought like it was the most amazing instrument. Like, yeah. you know, the range is so big and like, you know, so much passion and like, you know, the vibrato is like always like, so, you know, yeah, Just, um, yeah. so yeah cello would be absolutely so i'm yeah. gonna
0: make the joke of like and i'm sure i've said this on the podcast a couple times but like one of the mm-hmm. s- one of the stereotypical things i hear when i go especially when i travel on an airplane is everyone yeah. says don't you wish you played the
1: flute right <laughs>
0: but now i'm like don't you wish you played the cello right
1: <laughs> not when i travel though <laughs> no
0: i know right i yeah I, <laughs> so actually yeah. you were doing a beautiful job at segueing into your musical origin story about oh, how you. did you discover. Covered <laughs> music and the flute and you know mm-hmm. why did you when did you pursue it professionally can you can you just keep going on that story and uh share sure. where you are today and how you got there
1: so i started playing the flute very late as i said i was almost 15 yeah when i started playing the flute but i come from a music like a musical kind of family because my father is a classical musician as well okay he used to play the f- french horn he doesn't play anymore Uh now he's retired but he still plays classical guitar as well Mm -hmm. and he sings as well Mm -hmm. so that actually like that kind of created a whole thing for me as well because like i do sing as well i play piano as well so i i don't play the flute only i in my minor in college was choir conducting so i've i've done a lot of like music directing all that stuff Mm -hmm. but the thing was that like my family could not afford to buy an instrument for me so the only way that i could actually get an instrument was as I sat through this church. So the thing was that I started college very early. So I started college when I was 16. Wow. Because I finished high school when I was 15. I was one of those like students that like, you know, skip Advanced. some grades. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> I finished high school so early, you know, in comparison to all my friends. And I went straight up to college and it was already for flute performance. Uh-huh. It was kind of hard because like all my friends were like much older. They were not very happy that someone so young was already in college like performing with them like sometimes getting their spots when they were already there like for years already you know Yeah. so you know the competition that it's kind of natural but you know before I finished college there was opposition with the brazilian marines wind symphony i was a national audition and i needed a, like a musical job you know because like at the time i was leaving Brasilia because i'm from brazilia the capital mm-hmm. in brazil but brazil is like very much like dc it's like a lot of public servant jobs and yeah. there's not a lot of culture in terms of like music and all that stuff so i was like i need a musical job you know so they had this opening it was a national audition one spot and i got the spot uh-huh. So I moved to Rio, Rio de Janeiro, and then after like basic training, I was named their principal flute. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, principal flute for four or five years. And then when I was in Rio, Rio was like amazing for me, like in many, many ways. Professionally speaking, like that's when I actually started like doing my solo stuff. Mm-hmm because then I found a pianist that was literally looking for flutists, so we started performing recitals in Rio, like, three times a month, and then eventually we had a trio for cello, flute, and piano as well, because, you know, there's repertoire, but then also, like, I started noticing that, although I was already, like, you know, I already had a job, I already, you know, had gone through college, I've never had done like, competition, so like, my resume was kind of empty, I you see, know, yeah. and then I, I was already, like, 24, when I joined the Marines, I was 22. But then I was like, I'm already like 24 and like, I was like looking up competitions and we're yeah, like
0: You might
1: age out. I, yeah, you know, I was already aging out. I was like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Yeah. So I started like competing as much as I could. And the good thing was that like, although I wasn't trying to compete, I wasn't comparing myself to anyone else. Yeah. I was literally just trying to build myself up. So I literally started winning all of the competitions that I started like, uh-huh. you know. Wow, yeah. And then one of the last ones before I moved to the US was the one that brought me to the US, right? That mm. I said before it was also a national competition Yeah. So I I moved to the U.S. When I moved here, I did my master's at James Madison. Then I went to Peabody Conservatory as well for another degree. And then I moved to New York. I started teaching general music, some choir as well. And in the meantime as well, I was like performing. Like every weekend I was like performing somewhere, like teaching master classes at universities and all. Next February, for instance, I'm actually going to Texas. I'm going to have a Texas tour. I'm going to visit like five college campuses so yeah in the u.s was a little hard though because like i knew about my plane but i didn't have money so like you know i had to quit the marines uh i actually had to sue them because they didn't want me to let me go oh. that's another story Whoa, yeah okay but they were like you're not going i was like well i am good yeah you can't, you can't keep me here yeah or i don't know you know yeah. so i had to sue them so like when i moved to the u.s and i never really had family support like financially speaking or anything or any like support from an institution like you know as some musicians do which is great especially when you move from a country to another one you know it's so many challenges and one of them the biggest one i would say it's financial you know so like i won a few competitions but like not the ones that i wanted to join Mm -hmm. because it just didn't have money you know to do the thing so for some of them actually i aged out you know like for instance i've always wanted to join the national Food Association convention competition mm-hmm. the young artist competition I was never able to do it because yeah. I never had money you have to pay the competition fee and then the traveling thing and then hotel and then pianist mm-hmm. and then recording yeah and then the convention fee and then the annual fee mm-hmm. when you put down on the paper it's a lot of money mm-hmm. and it's a money that i never had i'm not saying that people you know people only want because they have money that's not no what no, I'm no. Saying.
0: but but it's also a huge barrier for a lot of people it talented is people that yeah. just simply can't financially scrape up no absolutely and it's, it's something that i wish that it was not as big of a problem for musicians
1: absolutely yeah. like for instance i always wanted to join like for instance the Kobe competition in Japan, which is one of the biggest flute competitions. I was never able to do it as well because, like you know, I same thing. I would have to travel. I have to hire pianists. I would have to record and all those things. And when I, I, I'm not gonna lie though, like when I moved to the US, I was making eight thousand a year. Can you imagine oh, yeah. living off eight thousand a year? Yeah, that's hard. Like it's below yeah. the poverty line. Yeah. I was like, you know, doing my masters, like bougie, pursuing my dream, and being the US. And yeah. like, you know, but I was making 8000 a year. Yeah. Like, you know, it was hard. You know, when I was at Peabody, super prestigious school and like one of the best faculty, like, but I was working three jobs. And then... Huh on top of being a full-time student and having to, like, you know, play as everybody else, Mm -hmm. you know, or even maybe better than everybody else because then I didn't have the luxury of, like, just sitting around and not practice because I was on a scholarship, too. And on top of that, like, some people don't know, but, like, for international students, if you get a B in some schools or a C, your visa can get canceled. Yeah. I think at JMU, when I was at JMU, a B- minus almost got my visa canceled. Jesus. I had a huge problem with the T but he gave me a b minus like for no reason and that was a huge problem and they kind of noticed that he was not being fair as well yeah so they created something and i had to redo what i did and then eventually someone else higher up changed my grade you know i know you almost got me you know canceled not in the way (laughs) You mean the, you know. Yeah,
0: deported, basically. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. And that would, like, change my life, you know, not for the good reason. So that was very challenging. Like, But it's always good to remember when we didn't have much, you know. And then financially speaking, it's so challenging. Like, music, classical music, still so for the elite it is yeah. you know it's a it's a reality even with all grants and institutions now that like support like especially like musicians of color or, or anything like that it's still very expensive mm-hmm. you know my flute is expensive every time i have to take my flute to the shop is like four hundred dollars yep. and i have to do that like every six months because i'm always performing right you know so like insurance and this and that but you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) so much money right so that's kind of like how my life has been going you know it's a lot of struggle but like a lot of you know fighting and then yeah. you know sometimes we win and sometimes you know but that's how kind of my journey has been
0: yeah thank you for sharing a, a lot of those, oh, those things and it's just your transparency about your experience being an immigrant to this country and especially one mm-hmm. in music I feel like oftentimes overlooked or not really you know really understood Yeah, yeah. so what yeah. are some upcoming events that you're looking what's coming down the line
1: so I have a recital in New York one this week then I have uh, a Recital in Chicago, the 23rd. October. Then I have another recital. No, that's gonna be November. November, sorry. sorry. No, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah.
1: And then there's another one here in New York in November. Then a little break for Christmas and all that stuff. So next year, yes, I have a few recitals here in New York, a few in Philly, Baltimore. Right now, trying to organize a tour in Brazil. Mm-hmm as well, so I might go like to Rio de Janeiro, like Brasilia, Sao Paulo probably, and then I also have a tour in Texas mm-hmm. in February, and then possibly some things in Connecticut, Florida as well, so like there's a lot of things that are like being planned out yeah. as well. My concerts in Europe, I still like, you know, in the air, kind of pending. Sure. Sure. For now, those are the things that are happening. You can see in the, in the
0: United States and Brazil.
1: Yeah. Alright, mm-hmm.
0: are you ready to take a
1: break? Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay, we'll be right back. Friends, are you enjoying this episode and are excited for more content to come? Consider becoming part of the Hidden Behind the Music Stand family on Patreon. Any contribution level helps keep the podcast alive. That's at patreon.com slash Music Stand other ways to support are to recommend episodes to friends and family and to leave a review on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts it's quick easy and a free way to spread the word about my fantastic guests and all the incredible accomplishments they achieve in the music world also feel free to reach out to us through social media at Heiden and music stand and by email hide at gmail.com thanks and enjoy the episode from the break. So how did you get into weightlifting?
1: So there are two things. So the first one was actually when I was in the Marines, right? Yeah, so right. because I went through basic, basic training. training, that was the first thing. And then the second thing actually was during the pandemic. So when things start like opening up, because it was, you know, we were home like for so long, like all of us, especially here in New York. And I don't know about, like other places, but like New York, the lockdown here was long, Yeah, you know? So yeah, New York got hit yeah, hard. You, yeah. Yeah. I know. It was scary. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like when the pandemic was a little bit less severe, so I joined a gym and I was looking for something that would be like kind of CrossFit, okay. but not really because okay. I don't really like CrossFit because I'm always like afraid of like hurting my hands, or, you know, yeah, like musician. every musician, right? Mm-hmm. But I wanted something that would be like intense at the same time. So that's when I started it. And honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't doing it because like I wasn't feeling good about myself. Sure. It was literally something about just like taking care of my Myself In my mind mm-hmm. You know And it was Very interesting to me Even the trainers Sometimes they would be like Happy Cause like You see yourself Like having progress mm-hmm. But like As a musician Of course Like we practice And that's our goal yeah. Right Always to improve And all that stuff But like When you get to weightlifting, You don't know exactly How much You can right. do Cause it's something Completely like You're not really like Practicing skills mm-hmm. Right You're literally just Lifting something But then you literally Just become stronger Yeah. You know, like every week you're like stronger. I don't feel that as much. But then this week I'm like, you know, I don't know, like lifting like 70, like kilograms, right? Then next week, 90. Mm -hmm. The week after, 120. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So it, it was something that was like helping me even overcome myself, you know, in terms of like fears or like, you know, and it was something, yeah, it just helped me so much. So then I didn't really stop, you know, so I just kept going. And it's just been so helpful. Sometimes, like even, of course, like everyone says that they work out, so like they feel less stressed out. But it's actually real, the endorphins, you know. Yeah. Because you, you're moving your body, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, the energy that's, like, all retained, you know, within you, like, for a long time, you're just moving, and you're, li- you're just putting it out, you know? So, it's so helpful, like, for you, for my mind. And, of course, like, you know, looking good, of course, it's, yeah. you know, it comes with, you know, the process. Yeah. But to me, and also because, like, you know, I was never, like, super macho, and like I was never, like, super, like, coordinated as well. Although I play the flute, you know? Well, it's a different <laughs> kind of, would, co- yeah. Yeah. So So to me, it was like about overcoming so many like things that I had in my mind that would be like, oh, no, you're not really capable of doing this. You know, you can't really do this. Uh And then you go and you're like, no, I actually can, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm doing better than like other, not that I'm comparing myself, but I was like, you know, I'm doing better than people that have been working out like for weeks or something, Mm -hmm. you know, because I was seeing my progress like so quickly and people like, oh, my God, are you already doing this? I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, it's so great because I was never very good at like exercising Mm -hmm. Or like gym or like, you know, sports. I'm not a sports person, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially like coming from Brazil, like oh, people always ask, like you know, soccer, you like soccer. Football, and whatever, I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm like, well, not really. But yeah. like, well, how come, like, you're <laughs> Brazilian, but you know, yeah. and I'm like, no, not really. So like, I've never played soccer, and I, that's so, a stereotype yeah, too,
0: I guess, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's how I got yeah. into it, and it's been so so helpful, you know. Yeah, and of course, like playing the flute too, it helps so much. Oh, you how know. does
0: how do you find it helps the flute?
1: Posture, breathing, okay. you know, my core is like so much stronger. Uh-huh. So like you know it's so much better just like sound projection and of course like it eases my mind so like when i'm practicing because i've you know, I was able to lift, like, I don't know, 150 kilograms when I play the flute. And I'm, like, playing this very tough passage. I'm, like, no, I actually can do this, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I will be able to do this. Because, like, I've done something that I was never, right. like, never thought you know, you could. I never thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And playing the flute is something that I'm, like, oh, I can't play the flute. No, you know, yeah. it's hard as well. But then I'm doing something completely out of my nature, you know. So, like, and I'm doing it. Yeah. So, playing the flute is also possible, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah, if yeah. I'm doing something that's right. like no completely excuses. not. <laughs> so it's been very, very helpful. I'm not going to lie. It's been very, very helpful.
0: Yeah. Do you go by yourself or do you have a partner that you go with? I, I go assume, by myself. Oh, okay. Because I assume that you do free weights at this point. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I, I know do. that usually um, you have a spotter in case something goes wrong, right? But
1: yes. But what I usually do, I usually go for classes. Yeah. So I don't really work out by myself. Of course, like I go by myself, but it's usually like with classes. So, like for instance, there was a gym that I, the first one that I joined after the pandemic, we had classes. It was only four people Mm -hmm. and then you had a trainer. Mm -hmm. So like I have someone just looking up on me and like just seeing if I'm doing correctly and like making corrections and pointing out. Because to me that's what, it's the helpful part. Even when they're like, oh dumbbells, I'm like, what is that? (laughs) You know, I'm that's not my, you know, my expertise and all that stuff. So that's what I do. I do, I go like for classes Mm -hmm. not just like by myself even like for instance, I just joined another gym a few weeks ago And I made that very clear. Like, you know, I'm a flutist. I can't hurt my hands. Mm -hmm. You know, just put that down already. So, like, even, like, every trainer, they know. You know, when I get there, they're already like, oh, okay, okay. You can do this. You can't really do this. I'm like, yeah. It's not that I can't, like, because I can't. But
0: you're protected. But,
1: yes, you know. So, it's very, very helpful. And one thing that also, like, was very helpful besides the weightlifting was just, like, you know, being in an environment that it's not natural to me. I'm not a bro person. Person, yeah. And, you know, I'm not a gym rat. So being in an environment that actually was very not familiar to me, actually, it's been so helpful, you know, in every other area, especially playing the flute. Yeah. You know, because then I get a piece that is, is like not familiar. And I'm like, it's just like you relate the skill. One thing that's been helpful to me is just, just like how I can actually correlate everything that I'm doing at the same time, even if they're not connected. Because it's all basically the same thing. It's just like very different different language it's just very different routines and but they all correlate at some point so that's something that's been very very helpful
0: yeah what is your sort of weekly routine of going to the gym
1: right now i'm going less because like i'm concerts are starting to pick up again Mm -hmm. but during the pandemic i was going five days a week five or six so and like yeah i would go like Yes. One day would be like strength. The other day would be like training. So it would be like more still weights, but then it would be more like pulling things or like pushing things okay. instead of just like mm-hmm. literally just weight lifting. So that was something I would just literally go like basically every day except for Sunday. And then now I'm going like twice or like three times mm-hmm. a week. Have uh, you noticed
0: a difference in how you approach the weights when you were going oh, more yeah. frequently versus now?
1: Yes. Now it just seems so much easier there's just the thing about like just being confident as well it's something that i sometimes struggle with you know feeling like i can't do it you know not something that would be like oh my god i'm like exaggerating Mm -hmm. the way i'm doing things but like just feeling like like i said before like i can't do this you know it's it's so simple but it's actually so strange when you're like lifting you're lifting something it's person i could literally lift a person like you know (laughs) yeah 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 but at the same time i'm playing the flute and to me that's what's been I think like even the most helpful just like feeling like I can do something that I'm not really designed to be doing Mm -hmm. you know because I think like all of us have some kind of There are things that we can do naturally. And because I was never very natural on like sports or things like that, even when I was in the Marines as well, you know, basic training was hard because like, it's so, it's intense, but it's also like, it's kind of heavy on the body. And like, so it was the thing about like feeling I can do something. It's been the most important thing in this process. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For someone that maybe has passively had an interest in starting weightlifting for themselves, Mm -hmm. but doesn't really Mm -hmm. have... Have like a good I don't know motivation to actually just go for it what would you say mm-hmm. would be sort of a good entry either like is it just getting a personal trainer or is it joining a class or like how would you intrigue people to start weightlifting for themselves
1: I think joining a class is the most ideal okay. also because it's cheaper right because mm. if you pay a personal trainer that's going to be expensive mm. you know because you're going to have the person just for yourself I think joining a class is great because then you can see other people they are also struggling sometimes yeah so you're not the only one you don't feel like you know the center of attention unless you want that mm-hmm. but in my case for instance i never wanted that i wanted to be with other people but also have some kind of help from someone mm-hmm. and also like having a, yeah i never really liked having a personal trainer mm-hmm maybe for some people that's helpful, but honestly, just joining a class, I think it's the most beneficial because then you see other people, like I said before, sometimes they help you as well, Mm -hmm. you know, and it brings more a sense of community Mm -hmm. added to the fact that like you're doing something for yourself, you know, but you're also like doing it with other people around you, you know. You're bettering
0: yourself as well as the people around. Yeah, everyone is bettering. It's like everything's in good faith and nature kind of thing. Yes, yes,
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely. So I would Say that that would be the best option.
0: What is your eventual goal with weightlifting?
1: You know that I actually don't have a goal with it, mm-hmm. like specifically. Like mm-hmm. I, it my goal has been literally just like moving myself around, just
0: maintaining it uh, is a goal too. Yes,
1: my goal has been like being sure that my body is in good condition. Mm-hmm. You know, not just for playing the flute, but like for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's so important. Like especially, yeah, we had the pandemic. Like we talked so much about mm-hmm. it, but like like. it's so, so important when everything works. Like, you know, your mind is working, your body's working, and you can't correlate. Or one thing that also has been helpful to me is just, like, knowing my body better.
0: Yeah. You know, because with the
1: weightlifting, you know, I learn about my limits. But then I also learn how I can overcome my limits. Right. That I'm limited, but that doesn't mean that I'm not capable. I mean, we go back to the I can thing, right? Yes. Yeah. But it's true though, you know, I'm, I'm limited on something, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to be doing that, Yeah, you know? So like, as I said, like I'm lifting, I don't know, 70 kilograms tonight. And then next week I'm going to be lifting maybe double of it, you know, yeah. like because of this, like I'm limited tonight, but tomorrow I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. Yeah, For me, that's been my goal, Yeah, you know, like just to improve myself. It's the thing about like improving myself constantly, yeah. not in no ways that I'm competing with. With other people but i'm just keeping myself together as a person mm-hmm. you know so i can't present myself my best self when i'm performing when i'm with my friends when i'm with my family i can actually present myself like my best self, yeah. you know, yeah. to people, you know, mm-hmm. and to myself, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like being caught up, like, I don't know, I'm not feeling well today and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes just because I'm not moving myself around, yeah. you know, where I'm not. Yeah. I would say that, honestly, that's been the goal. Yeah. And I'm not super young anymore, you know, mm-hmm. like people see me or like see my photos, and you know, all and they usually think like I'm not even 30, but I'm 36. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not that I'm getting to a point that like, I'm getting old, but. No,
0: but if you start I'm, early. Right. Right. It's only going to be easier for you 20 years or 30 years on the line. Yeah,
1: Yeah, because it's how people say, right? Like, we are living longer as, you know, human race. Mm -hmm. So, like, now, like, the 30s are the new 20s, right? right? And the 40s and the new 30s and all that stuff, right? Because we're living a lot longer than we used Mm -hmm. to. So I don't want to get like to my 40s, like already like looking like I'm 60, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. or feeling like I'm 60 because I'm so tired. I'm working so much and mm-hmm. like full of problems. And yeah, yeah, that's been my goal, like to keep myself as a person like together. Yeah.
0: When I've done weightlifting training for myself, I also mm-hmm. found that it kind of feeds itself too. That to me, I think the appeal really came from my training in music that it was oh. very much like similar, like, oh, I can't play this yet, but if I isolate it and work on that very specific, you know, one muscle, like let's say a bicep curl yeah, or yeah, something, right? Yeah, yeah That muscle, yeah. yeah, I'm sure I'm weakening like literally weakening the muscle just temporarily, but it's going to rebuild and recover when it rests. That is
1: true. That is So true. that when I get yes. back
0: to, let's going back to the metaphor of the music, like when I get back to the musical passage that I'm isolating and working on, it's going to work a lot better. Yes. So yes. that was just like, for my personal experience was just very fun because because I think, yeah. I suppose I just like the idea of practicing. Yeah. I, I, I think yeah. most musicians do. That's Right? Yeah. right. Uh, because because yeah. it is like a yeah. workout in some ways. You're, you're, work, yeah. you're mentally yeah. working out and with your little muscles working out something. Yes. Or, or, yes. or you're yes. sorry, for me, it's my, my hand muscles. I mean, for you too, but yeah. your lips are part of it too. <laughs> you're all sure. <immature>. Yeah. <laughs> but, that, but, but that there's like, it's like a puzzle. And the way that weightlifting is also somewhat of that kind of idea too. Of yes. Like, okay. Absolutely. You know, and so yeah. I think that that's also maybe for a musician as well who like maybe is like slightly like, I don't know if weightlifting is for me I'd say well just yeah. think of it like practicing and that every day yes. you come back and you try it you know you work on you know you might do like upper body and lower body and then like abs are oh no absolutely right? like, yeah
1: because like my goal has never been yeah my goal has never been like to be like super like muscly yeah, yeah, and yeah. like you know like, a, yeah, like a, I don't bigger. know yeah looking like Thor yeah, you know <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's not my goal yeah. you know like it's like you're saying like you know just improving myself as a person like you know and just putting all together like You know, using all that stuff like to my own benefit, Mm -hmm. you know, because I don't know. It's just a matter of like taking care of yourself. But not just in a ways that's like for people or like mm-hmm. for another like for an, another motive. It's yeah. like I said, like it's just to keep myself functioning because it's important. Yeah. Like you know, we we have our our bodies and we need to keep it you know working yeah. somehow. Yeah. So that's how I got. Like I'm not gonna lie though, I was very afraid. Like when I started like weightlifting, you know, I was afraid. Like I was afraid of like getting hurt. Or like afraid of not being capable, okay. afraid of like, you know, at some point I would be like, you know, this is just too much and I'm going to have to stop and then but then no it was awesome you know it just made me feel like better and like so it's been great yeah
0: yeah well is there any last thoughts you wanted to share about your experiences weightlifting
1: i think like most importantly like just make sure especially for us musicians just make sure you're taking care of your hands like you know it's not a bad thing to bring something else to protect your hands Mm -hmm. a lot of the machines at the gyms like they're not really designed to protect our hands Mm -hmm. so even when you you know you do even simple thing like a pull-up you do like 10 or you do like a series of like 10 like three times whatever when you finish your hands are gonna be hurt and as you do constantly you're gonna have like things on your hands so i would say one thing that's very just very important like if you want to do it protect your hands just be like you know i'm glad that the, the gym that i'm that i just joined they're just very like not ashamed of anything so like they literally just sell us whenever we need they're like oh no just use this or use that because mm-hmm. it's gonna hurt at the same time that's gonna be super beneficial for the body Mm -hmm. you can actually hurt you know like so many people hurt their hands but i I think it's just it makes you stronger it makes you better in so many ways and if you can't find like a gym that's like you're fit just find some people that you know there's ways i feel like to find your community the way you like to be the way you know you want to be seen or you know but i think it's just very beneficial yeah. Yeah. And especially for us, like, there is no impact, right? Mm-hmm. like, it's not like playing soccer or, like, playing right. volleyball. Because right. I broke my hand once playing volleyball. Oh, wow. And, he, yeah. So, that's why I don't, yeah, I don't play sports at all. Playing sports is so fun. You know, playing. I loved. I've never played, like, professionally. But I loved just playing with my friends, like, playing volleyball and all this stuff. But it broke my hand. So, of course, like, some people love swimming. I hate swimming. Gotcha. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like swimming. I don't like running. Uh So, like, to me, that's why weightlifting for me is, like, perfect. At my spot, I'm just doing something for my body, and then I go home, and that's beautiful. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know? There's no, like, I don't know, you get sweat and all this stuff, but I'm not, like, you know, wet. Because if I'm swimming, I'm going to be wet, right? I don't like... (laughs) I'm not wet. Yeah. If I'm, like, running, I'm going to be... You know, I I may fall, Mm -hmm. you know? So like weightlifting, I'm literally at the gym. I'm just like you know doing my stuff. There's someone watching over me, like to see if I'm gonna do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So like to me, weightlifting is like just perfect. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, great. I'm I'm so happy that you found that for yourself and that you know it's making you feel better. It's making the mental clarity come through for you. And you know, best wishes to your future with weightlifting.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Can I ask thank you two you. final that. questions? Yes, absolutely.
0: What is one piece of advice you would tell your younger self about? Inter- and pursuing a career in music?
1: I would tell myself to find community Mm. as soon as possible. Yeah. Always, always to find community. Musical community, whatever type of community. Mm -hmm. That's been so important. I've moved a lot. Like, you know, I was in Brazil. I was in Brasilia. Then I moved to Rio. Then I moved to Virginia. Then I moved to Baltimore. Then I came to New York. The pandemic happened. And, you know, Mm -hmm. basically feels like i'm starting over in new york again Mm -hmm. but one thing that's been making a huge difference is community Mm -hmm. you know like having community it just makes life better easier Mm -hmm. so one thing that I would say and I'm saying this because like it was not always easy to find community and and, you know and sometimes because of my own struggles I couldn't really find community as much Mm -hmm. but you know if you look a little just a little bit you're gonna find people you know just support you in simple ways I love Brené Brown yeah and you know one of the things that she says is that we are designed for connection and I absolutely agree with that Mm -hmm. you know as musicians as artists as people like finding community is the most important thing like if, so I would say that's one of the things that I would say sure. to my young self yeah. you know to always look for community yeah yeah well
0: now you're part of the and behind the music stand community so welcome
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah
0: <laughs> and my second question yeah. how has the pandemic changed your career
1: oh my god it made me rethink about many many things it made me replan many many things it made me me realize as well many things it made me doubt myself it made me empower myself It made me look for community, but I I would say like yeah, in a quick answer, like it was just sad to not being able to perform. Yeah, you know it wouldn't matter how you know I of course like I had concerts all over blah blah blah, but like just not being able to perform that was like as if someone would be like trying to shut me out, you know like put their hand in my mouth and they'll be like trying to talk and they'll be like and they'll be like no no, you know you you're not gonna talk. Mm -hmm. That was the most sad thing, Mm -hmm. and of course Like we were all doing, like, online performances, but, oh, my story. God. Yeah. <laughs> n- I
0: hope, I mean, I know that that definitely filled the void, but I just hope that we'll never have to oh do that God. again.
1: <laughs> I, I, I know. Yeah, that was tough. absolutely horrible, you know. Yeah. Not even practice for yourself is so painful. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I don't like it. Maybe some people do. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. But that's how it really, like, changed everything. In terms of, like, personally speaking, just made me think of, like, how I can can be an artist and have a voice and be a musician without having to go through the channels that were presented to me previously, meaning like you're only a musician if you play in an orchestra, you're only a musician if you teach at a college, Mm -hmm. you're only an excellent musician or a respected musician if you do this or if you do that and then during the pandemic we were all the same yeah and some of them some of us were even like in worse situations than others because like some of us had this like very prestigious jobs and then at some point the institutions would be like well we don't have money we're not paying anyone so it made me rethink a lot of things not not that i feel i felt like you know not encouraged to do things but it just made me realize that like there is more to do than just pursuing this path that was designed like 50 years ago, for instance, you know, Mm -hmm. and that like music is alive and still here, you know, and it it can be done in many ways, Mm -hmm. you know, financially speaking, even you just made me rethink so much, you know, and reevaluate how I would see myself and how I would see my worth and you know my musicianship my artistry all that stuff you would depend on you know winning an audition and or not and i mean even my album came out of that kind of mentality because right. it was like you know enough is enough i know who i am and i need to put my music out mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. it's what i am it's an i'm an artist i'm an artist you know i'm a flutist but most of all i have a message i have a voice mm-hmm. and if i don't tell that to myself, you know, no one else can, you know, no, no one else will. Yeah. So yeah. I think it changed a lot on that kind of sense, yeah. you know.
0: Well, thank you for the, your responses again. Can you remind us about your website, social media, sure. your album, and all the things just one last time so that we, yeah, really, absolutely. If we really missed it before we get it this time?
1: <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So my website is just my name.com. So G-U-I-L-H-E-R-M as Mary E. Andreas a-n-d-r-e-a-s dot com of course like my instagram is also andreas g-u-i-m-e or andreas gimme my album romantic music for flute and piano is called beyond bossa nova so it's all over all streaming platforms physical copies are coming soon hopefully i'm gonna be able to publish this music as well i'm trying to publish the music that you know i recorded it because i that's the goal Mm -hmm. like to share Mm -hmm. It's not, the music's not for me. Mm -hmm. It's for everyone. So that's something that's coming up as well at some point. So yeah, any of those channels. Awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you so much, Andreas. Yeah. For joining me today. (laughs) Thank you so much. And for reaching out. And I'm so thrilled to now have met you and have learned your entire lineage in music.
1: Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, listening. Because I like to talk.
0: (laughs) 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 Thanks again. And thanks for listening. Say bye, Sushi. (laughs)